0: Hey guys, before the podcast starts, we just wanted to give an update on Sarah Mang. Many of you have been praying for her. She's been in the hospital and uh, God has absolutely answered those prayers in an an amazing way. Her husband, Charlie, would only describe it as miraculous, the change in her condition. And it's looking like she may be discharged from the hospital tomorrow. Uh, Today is May 27th. So she's not done yet. Please continue to pray for Sarah and for the Mang family. Uh, But we are praising God for what he's done for her this far, and we are praying that it will continue. Now here's the podcast. This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and David Sundman. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Welcome, friends. Welcome to the Behold podcast. Uh, For various reasons, this is our third attempt at recording this this week. So we are hoping that uh, it goes smoothly.
1: Third time's Um, a charm, I say. That's what they say.
0: As they always say. Uh, This is Sean, and we have Dan and David as well this week. Say hi, guys. What's up? Hi-yo! Uh Before we get into it, let's just go around and just check in with each other a bit. So, Dan, how are you doing this week? Yeah, it's been
1: it's been a great week. We are coming in on the home stretch of school. You know, the homeschooling thing. So, looking forward to having a little more freedom and flexibility. You know, in, a, in with our mornings. And uh, we had a nice weekend. We we took off to Marin County and uh, we did one of our favorite little hikes. Um, called Tennessee Valley, mm-hmm. and it was really really fun. And usually, <clears throat> usually you can drive right up to the trailhead, but uh, because of the restrictions, they had that road closed off. So we had to park super far away. We had to park like three miles away. And so with our kids, we have a seven year old, six year old, and a five year old. We walked like six and a half miles <sighs> on on uh, whatever day that was. Saturday, I think. And uh, it was really fun. It was perfect, perfect weather out there. A lot of fresh air, beautiful little valley. It ends. It ends at this like amazing black sand beach with cliffs. Mm, and wow! It was just really a sweet time. And I was super proud of our kids. Man, they did. They walked that whole entire way. There was a lot of snacks, a lot of stops, a lot of water, but they did it. I was like, dude, I, I was like planning in my head, we're gonna have to call a helicopter. <laughs> We're gonna have to like <laughs> evac us out of here, uh, but no. Amazingly, they did it all. So that was it was really fun family time and and good good to get outdoors and enjoy God's creation a little bit. So feeling good. That's awesome.
0: That's awesome, David. How
2: about you? Uh, I also had a really fun weekend. Um, I was actually out in Scotts Valley. City team uh, owns a, a small retreat facility right next to Mount Herman. And we had a graduation for our men's program out there this weekend. We actually had 16 men graduate. This is our biggest class we've ever had. And, so amazing. And so normally we have a big celebration uh, where we invite all of our you know, friends and family and volunteers and donors and everyone to come and celebrate with us. Obviously, we couldn't do that, but we wanted to you know still have something special for the guys. And so we, we took them out to our camp and, uh, and did the ceremony there. And the guys... Just nailed it. Their testimonies were incredible. Uh, we still showed it through Facebook Live for friends and family to still be able to to check it out, and so that was really encouraging. And then we played basketball afterwards. There's a ba- big basketball court outdoors, just like oh in the gosh, middle of just dude. forest surrounding you everywhere. Wow. So it was like basketball heaven. And
1: dude, I, w- I would have died. To yeah, do that.
2: and I'm convinced that there's basketball in heaven because you know better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Wow. So we, I'm, I'm just we, saying, you know.
1: We might have to get the, the hermeneutics police on that yeah. one. And we'll have to we'll have to do get our fact checked on. Gary, going Gary
2: might ream me for that.
1: <laughs> hey, but hey, if, if there's not basketball in heaven, I feel like when we get there we could start it. A- amen. Do you yes. know what I'm saying? Let's do, okay. You and me right, no again, matter yeah. what. Okay. All right, let's do I it. I love it. Wow. How about yeah, you, Sean? How's your how was your how was your time? You should tell them yeah, what we did uh, get... on whatever that day that was Friday. What did we do? Remember? Nope. <laughs> Whatever. It was really impactful. <laughs> we, no, we went and I'll give you a hint. We went and we, uh, we, we picked things. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> I remember that so clearly. Wow. Man. Tell the good folks yeah, what we so, did. So,
0: those of you who don't know, uh, Dan and I work together quite a bit. So, our families have become de facto like sheltering in place together a bit. And so on Friday, we, went out to Brentwood together and picked cherries and you know it was a sweet wonderful time on this at the same time I think we kind of missed the the wave a little bit <laughs> you know we, we kept seeing all these posts from friends going cherry picking and we're like oh we should do that so we go and I have never searched so hard <laughs> for fruit for for fruit in my life I it, yeah, it was astounding. And I, Dan, you can attest to this. I literally had to like spider monkey climb these trees to get the cherries. It
1: was pretty impressive, the dedication. But, but we did get we did get a nice, a nice haul. But it was funny because the name of the the name of the farm was called what's called Nun Nun Farms. And <laughs> Yeah, and, we,
0: we, we redubbed it. Yeah, it was
1: like it was like none better, but then we were we were joking, it was, maybe they should change it to none left. <laughs> yeah, none <luck. laughs> Uh, so anyways, yeah, that was great. And kind of
0: like that, Patty and I, you know, just ironically with Shelter in Place, have just been seeing a lot of people lately, um, you know, s- wisely and social distanced, of course, but I've it, just been seeing a lot of people that we love and cherish, and that's very sweet. So I've been really grateful for that this last week. I'm sure that, Dan, you're probably really good at cherry
2: picking since that's what you do on the basketball court, too.
1: <sighs> Ouch, dude. We're going there, huh? <laughs> We are going there. (laughs) Hey man, what would Paul
0: say about loving your Christian brothers on the basketball court? It's
1: a great segue. It's a great segue for our pod today. I know. Let's get into it guys. So we are
0: continuing on on Sundays in our series called Transformed, which starts off in Romans 12. And this last Sunday, we looked at Romans 12, 9 through 21, and Paul is just unloading on us. A bunch of truths about how we are to live as Christians, how we are to live towards each other as fellow Christians, how we're to live towards people who don't call themselves Christians. A lot of powerful stuff. So, just right off the bat, as you guys were listening to Gary and reading through that chunk of scripture, uh, what jumped out to you? What kind of stuck with you? Yeah, I was so encouraged by it. And just right
2: off the bat, you know, I think something that was really cool was the way that Gary talked about it as a menu that, you know, you got 31 commands in this section. It's kind of this menu that we get to look through, all these different things. And a couple of things that that come to mind I think are important to remember about a menu, and, and Tim touched on one of them at the end. When it's not a menu as in we get to pick and choose which ones we want to do and, and don't want to do. It's not like that type of menu. Uh, but something that is encouraging, something to remember is that this is also not something that we need to be overwhelmed by because we're not going to be – Thinking about these things all the time, every single day, every single one. Some of these will just come naturally. That that will just say, "Hey, you know what? I, I already feel like I'm pretty good at this. You know, like I'm pretty good at loving people in a brotherly way. I come from a family where we're very affectionate, and, and we already kind of have that type of that interaction between each other. And so that's something that that I can already, you know, experience in my Christian walk. But then there might be some that we might notice just as we walk through this and say, you know what, this is something that I need to work on. And, and so it's not like we need to be overwhelmed by, oh, I need to be thinking about these all at the same time. Because also just as we're walking through life, we're going to have different experiences where each of these are going to be uh, more, more effective for us or more important for us in, in a different way that, man, I really need to be thinking about this. I really need to be focusing on this in my life versus at other times.
1: Yeah, and it's so important to remember the context of of chapter twelve that Paul starts off by by saying, "Hey, we, we respond to God's to God's mercy. We offer ourselves as as a living sacrifice. Our our life becomes a response of worship to God. And as we turn away from the model of the world, and as we are transformed, as God renews our mind, then we can test uh, what God's will is. Right? We can we can understand and 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 um, discern what His will is, and so these things are just coming out of that process. So a lot of them, as you said, just just happen as we're being transformed, as we're being renewed in our mind, and it's just about participating with God and partnering with the work of the Spirit in us. So, so yeah, maybe that's something that that we can just encourage each other, you know, as we talk to each other over Zoom or as we. We um we we run into each other, you know, at the park or in the supermarket or whatever is just to just to say, man, what are what are the things that are coming natural to you out of this list of thirty one things that that Paul you know encourages us in or what and what are some of the things that, that you'd like to see God develop more and, and, and kind of step towards that? Did you guys Isn't, doesn't 31 Flavors, isn't that like a (laughs) Baskin-Robbins thing? Whoa! Like, did we, we should, I don't know if we should expand that menu idea. It's kind of cool, like, because if you go to Baskin-Robbins, it's all ice cream. It's almost like you can't go wrong, right? You pick, you pick something. But I could also see how you walk into a place like that and it it can be paralyzing because you're like, there's so many options. What do I choose? And so that, that idea of the menu, don't, don't let it paralyze you let it let it be something that you can aspire to let it be something to like stir uh to stir you
0: yeah that that's a great way to put it and um yeah i, I appreciate like you said david how tim put it at the end of the service on sunday of just how even though we can think of it as a menu of this just this, this plethora of different avenues that we can be going down to develop ourselves and work on our um our character and our faithfulness and those kinds of things. Um, yeah, we still, we don't want to get into that mentality of picking and choosing God's truths. Totally. We can pick and choose areas in our lives that need more work than others right now. But I think it's easy to slip into that trap of like, well, I'll avoid this one thing because it's a bit harder for me right now because I don't want to deal with that about myself or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate Dan, how you were just saying that. And it's just it's it's a mindset, and I think what it really comes down to is just a trust and a humility in God and His faithfulness. You know, God has promised us that uh, in our in our walk with Him, He will sanctify us. He's going to make us more and more like His Son Jesus forever. That's always going to be happening, and every single one of these thirty one things are things that are embodied by Jesus. So instead of thinking of it as, yeah, man, there's all these things I have to work on. I think it's a really freeing and potentially encouraging thing to excitedly say, man, look at all these different things that God is going to be continually developing in my life. You know, I don't know if you remember, Dan, but on Sunday in our connect groups, someone mentioned this idea of like a recipe, like instead of it being this menu, like, oh, like this is like a recipe and it's not, it's not things we have to do or whatever, but it's like, Oh, these are, this is the path to get there. And even that, I don't love that analogy. Cause it's not like, Oh, we do all these things. Then we turn into the cake or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, it sounds delicious. But the, the part of it I do like though, is just picturing that concept of like, there's something beautiful and amazing that God has designed this to be. And, yeah, and from we're, between, we're, we're becoming that exactly between here and there, there's a process happening and, and that's how we should be viewing these things—not as as rules, not as X, Y, and Z that we have to do to get there, but just a beautiful part of God's baking process.
1: Yeah, and it's so hard for for us to 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 fall back into that that works based mentality. Um, it's so hard for us to keep our to keep ourselves from falling back into that. And <clears throat> just just like we we were talking about in Romans eleven, that you know that that this. This um, this process that we're in, this this work that God is doing in us, it is all just evidence of His grace at work. And so I wonder if anybody was was look, listening to the message on Sunday or looking at this menu of thirty one things and 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 just thinking, or maybe fighting against, okay, I just got to do this. This is my Christian to do list, and just trying to check all the things off. And what? What would you say, David, to, to somebody that is struggling with that or, or thinking about it in that way? How can we break free from that, I don't know, that works-based mentality of do, 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 or don't, 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 don't? That, that's not the Christian life.
2: Right. Absolutely. It's so important not to, to fall into that. And I think it all comes back to where did this all start from? And if we go back to the motivation behind this, you know, one, it's in response to what God has already done. So first we acknowledge we can't live a perfect life. That's, that's not, that's not going to happen. We've already fallen short of that. Jesus lived a perfect life. He already showed us exactly how to do all of these things. And, and so all of that is already accomplished. It, the, the perfection aspect of all this is already accomplished. And so we reflect back to the beginning of chapter 12, and we're responding to the mercies of God. We're responding to everything that Paul has already taught leading up to this point understanding that we don't have to earn it, that that we we can't and we don't have to. And that's <laughs> encouraging to know that, that it's just by faith. And that now, rather than having to follow this to-do list is, oh, gosh, I, I won't get there unless I do all these things. Now it's just that we're free to do them. We're free to live in that's this the way. That's the key word. It's a freedom. Yeah. It's a freedom that we now have. We weren't even able to live this way before. We were we were enslaved to sin. Now we are free from that and we can live in this way simply uh, for the enjoyment and, and to be a benefit to other people. That's that's the whole thing.
1: That's beautifully put. Amen.
0: Yeah, so maybe we can get into them a little bit. So as we start going through this list that Paul gives us, um, are there any of these particular things that kind of stuck out to you or convicted you personally or you want to just unpack a little bit?
1: I'd love to talk about verse 15. It says, Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep, with those who weep. And Gary, the way he talked about it on Sunday really was powerful for me. Really, it it's captured my attention since then. And and he said, he called it like entering into people's experiences. So whatever it is, if it's a joyful experience, if it's a sorrowful experience, if if it's something that is causing anxiety or pain or doubt, that is something that we are Called to help each other carry, to help each other deal with those experiences, and and it just made me think of who our God is, and just if you if you look at redemptive history, God is 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 constantly drawing closer and closer to his people. He's he's drawing closer and closer to the mess, (laughs) you know. Like first first, I mean he um, he reveals himself. Uh, you know, to to uh, his people at the Exodus and and on top of the mountain, but they're but they're you know afraid to come near. And so he says, okay, well I'll come down the mountain and, and you and I'll, I'll I'll be in the tabernacle, and you can you can you know orient your your society and yourselves around me, um, and and then he uh, and that carries on it you know into the temple as well, um, but then at the incarnation. God enters into; he takes the he takes human form. He enters into uh, the mess, and um, and now as we walk um, as spirit filled people, he is drawn even closer. He is he is he is indwelling in us, and I just love that we're called to participate in that kind of ministry as well. And it's and it it's messy. It's painful. It. we put, we're exposed. (laughs) We're vulnerable when we draw near to people in that kind of way. And I think a lot of us would just choose not to get our hands dirty. They are, they would, we would just choose isolation or, uh, we would, we, we set up these boundaries where we, no one ever really sees what we're actually going through. And we don't want to let anybody in. We don't want to, we don't want to extend ourselves at all. And so that was just something I've been thinking about a lot, man. Am I, am I, doing that kind of incarnate ministry. Am I, you know, our God is, is, has, has throughout redemptive history entered in. And am I doing that with other people? I, um, I spent a lifetime ago, it seems now, but I spent a, a, a handful of years working with an organization, a parachurch organization called young life. And that was where I really learned this concept of, of incarnate ministry, incarnational ministry, and we, so we were, we were reaching out to high school and middle school students and we would go to their football games or show up at their, their plays, um, or meet them on the skate park or, you know, we, we, we went to where they were and it's such a beautiful picture of, of Jesus and, and his heart towards others. And it's really captured my, just my imagination and, and uh, attention this week and, and I'm just praying about, man, how how can I be more like that? You know what? I also want to say, too, that uh, when we met up yesterday to tape the podcast, and we had to cancel it because there was some construction happening at the church, um, I was carrying something kind of heavy, and I, I shared what I was, what I was dealing with, what I was carrying with, with Sean and David, and just really honestly felt prompt, prompted by the Holy spirit to, to share with these guys. And it was super vulnerable. It was like kind of uncomfortable and awkward a little bit. Um, but, but I just was like, you know what, I'm just going to be real with these guys. I'm going to, I'm going to invite them to enter into, uh, the mess. And, uh, and it was so cool because they, they listened, they <clears throat> prayed for me. And I really, um, saw God move in that as, as I kind of moved throughout my day. And there was a, there was a peace in my heart. There was a, a, just a, a lightness that, that, um, was really beautiful. And yeah, part of, part of how God wants to move in our lives is through each other. And so you, I just wanted to say, you guys did a great job of entering into my mess yesterday. And I was really lifted by that and I think I think God was honored by that too. So Aww. good job, guys.
0: Oh uh, well, and I think just the beauty of that is that, you know, you were vulnerable with us yesterday. Um, but David, you probably say the same thing. There is no moment of like, oh man, let me consult the 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 cookbook on how I should mm-hmm. respond to the situation yeah. right now and enter in. It's just like we love you, man. We love you as our brother in Christ and it's the natural response to want to do life alongside you and to weep and rejoice with you. And I think that's really kind of hinting at what our hope is for everybody. I think what Paul's hope is and ultimately what God's intention is for these different descriptors of the Christian life, that these should be natural embodiments of how we're living our lives in a Christlike way, you know? So yeah, I appreciate Mm -hmm. you sharing that and really uh, glory to God for that. Yeah, and
2: and you know what? What I really appreciate about that situation too is like, we don't always know exactly what to say, and we don't need to know exactly what to say. Sometimes it's just being there and just saying, "Hey, I'm with you."
1: Sometimes it's better if you don't say anything at all. Right?
2: Yeah, and and so I think that people can be encouraged by that. Like, I think sometimes we're like, "Oh, what, what am I even going to say to this person? What am I even?" Gonna... Like, no, you don't need to know it always. You know the exact right thing to say. I mean, of course, like we want to encourage each other with truth and and all of that, but. Sometimes when someone's going through something, like you can just be there with them yeah. and just know that your, you know, their, your presence is, is a blessing to them.
1: And haven't you, and I, I know you got more on that, but haven't you also experienced the, the influence and work of the Holy Spirit in those moments? And there's so many times where I just, okay, Lord, I'm just praying. Someone's talking, I'm listening. I don't know what to do. And I'm just, I'm just, okay, guide me. just and And he's so kind to, to, to impress upon my heart. Hey, just be quiet. Just put your arm around them. Uh, it's pre-COVID, uh, but <laughs> but you know, uh, metaphorically, put your arm around them uh, these days. Or 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 yes, yeah, speak speak this thing I gave you, and so so we don't have to let fear keep us from those 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 opportunities of entering in.
2: Absolutely, and I think that that's part of the renewal process. Always going back to it, like we will be able to discern what is the will of God. What does He desire for us to do in any given situation? you know, so many different situations that might come up, you know, and and the Bible doesn't just have a playbook for every single thing that's going to happen, but there are certain things that we can just know and follow that, that we can apply, you know, to all those situations. Like you said, just the prompting of the Holy Spirit and just knowing, like, I know right now I need to just be quiet. I just need to be with this person. Or Man, this, God's really putting some in my heart to say this. Person, I feel like it's going to be encouraging to them, you know. And just trusting that, trusting that God is going to equip us in that way because He's promised us. He's yeah. promised us that we are equipped with with the exact, you know, measure of faith that is going to be required for any given situation. And you know, I, I love this topic. Is it's something that I have even been thinking about just this past week, and I actually taught at Rolling Hills Church in Danville, uh, and the the they're going through the Gospel of Luke, the whole the whole letter, and. Uh, This past weekend, we were going through uh, a a section of chapter 7, two different stories, and one of the stories was uh, verses 11 through 17, which are about uh, this widow and and her son has died, and Jesus just totally enters into her life. He just pulls up to this town. It's a small town, and he pulls up right in the midst of this funeral procession. And what we know about this woman is that She's already a widow. She's already lost her husband. And not only that, now she's lost her only son. That's what it says. And so here's a woman who her life has just totally gotten flipped upside down. She's probably in like the lowest moment of her life. Her life is it's not gone to plan, you know, and it's one of those situations where it's like, what do you say to someone? What you 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 just don't even really know what you can say to cover someone. It's like she's lost everything, she's lost everyone. She's probably, you know, illiterate. She probably doesn't have Many possessions of her own, it would have been the responsibility of her adult son to take care of her after her husband died, and now she's lost him. And so, wow. Uh, and so then Jesus, he just pulls up to this town right in the middle of that, and no one asks him to approach the situation. No one invites him. He just walks up and says, "He sees her in her suffering. He says, "I'm going to do something about it." And he raises her son from the dead and gives her son back to her. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever be called to do that. That's it's amazing. unlikely. But he just simply he just simply saw this woman in her need and said, I'm just going to
0: enter into her life and be there as a comforter for her.
1: It's powerful. Wow. It's powerful.
0: And, I, man, that's so awesome for you to bring up because I think that one thing that Jesus displayed over and over and over again is just his ability and his, his willingness to... To enter people's lives and extend friendship, even though a lot of them had really different social standings, higher and lower than himself, which Dan, I know you had a question about that in verse 16 where it says, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. So why don't you let listeners know what your question was about that?
1: Yeah. So as I was listening to Gary teach through that, he he equated that term lowly with, with different. Or at least he asked us to think about maybe a, a modern day you know or, or practical like equivalent for that is people who are not like us. M- maybe they look different than us, or they come from a different background, or they have different interests than us. And I just thought that was really interesting and helpful. But I was curious, you know, I don't know if, if our beholders know this, that our teaching team gets together every week even with the, the pandemic, and they they talk about the, the passages that are going to be teached uh, each week, and David is on that team. So we really, it's really great to have you, to have that insight. So from a teaching team standpoint, like, let us into that meeting, David, and tell us, like, how did you guys land on that as a way to explain that verse? What's the connection there, and, and how might that help us as we try to figure out how to live that, that one out?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And we, we do meet every week and through Zoom during the pandemic, um, but it's always so encouraging. We just, we're just we just thinking about you guys, all you guys out there at Valley Bible Church, anyone from around the world who's, who listens, we're just considering you in ways that we can encourage you and, and help you to, to apply this to your life. And so, of course, there is the very apparent, uh, you know, meaning that there are some people who might be of a higher standing, you know, whether it's economically or, or whatever it is, um, and they might you know, not want to associate with people who are, you know, of a lower economic standing, that type of thing. And so like that's, me. That's a, yeah. <laughs> like me, not to, like yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> Good old cherry picking Dan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um and so there are those situations and so uh you know we can say, hey, you know, we're not we're not picking and choosing who we want to associate with. We're we're trying to, you know, we're trying not trying to show favoritism. We're trying to be uh, equal opportunity uh, lovers, you know, of all people, you wow, know, that uh, that that everyone is deserving of our love and affection. And so, you know, we would never be afraid to, like, invite someone over to our house or to, or to spend time with people, you know, s- simply based on those type of things. But I think you get under that, too, and it's kind of like, what's the heart behind that? Well, it's that sometimes it's difficult for us to engage with people who are different than us, you know? And so even if someone who's like, well, I'm not of a high social strata, I'm on, you know, I'm at whatever, wherever you're at... Because it could go the other way too. Maybe you're of a low social strata and you're like, I really don't like those people with those high falutin' whatever, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. Um, I don't want to go over there, you know, whatever, you know. And so I feel like it can go either way. And so then you just get to the heart behind it is that sometimes it's hard for us to engage with people who are different than us. And so, you know, we can say, hey, part of, you know, what we're doing as, as believers and something that we've talked about, you know, a couple weeks ago is, you know that those walls are being broken down. The things that once divided us now now we can be totally unified. You know, no no matter where we come from, no matter who we are, you know this is this is the great uniter uh, around Jesus that that we can say, hey, you know we can love all people in all situations uh, regardless of of what our differences are.
1: Yeah, and that 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 kind of goes back to where he starts in the section, verse nine. Let love be genuine can't you you could probably draw, draw a straight line from every one of these 31 things back back to that just what does it mean to genuinely love somebody and david you just talked about the heart behind all of these things and if we don't get that right n- none of it matters D- don't you guys agree mm-hmm. absolutely um, david you did you had uh, you 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 spoke on the quest instagram handle this last week which, by the way, I didn't know you could skate. Okay, so you, so you're a you're a rapper, poet, what can preacher, David not
0: do? Let's get real.
1: Baller, skater. Anyway, um, but but you you kind of shared a quote, um, that that just inspired you just about this idea of love, and you talked about how how God's love for us is radical, that it it, it is it is coming from a, a genuine heart, and and everything that He has done has been about showing that that his character and his nature to to us and and to really the whole universe and um and then it's it's from that place that we it's it's in response to that that we can love others. And isn't it so great that Paul starts that section off with with that very thing in verse 9.
0: Amen. And I think that's a good lead into a, a topic that I think would be good for us to spend some time on. Um the 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 climate out there right now, not weather-wise, but socially and politically, is just kind of charged. Like, have you guys felt that in your own circles as well?
1: Dude, it's 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 hostile out there.
0: Yeah, even like even inside the church family, like people have different views about different things, and like for example, whether or not to come back to church or not, or how soon we do that, or all this stuff. People are just very divisive right now. And, you know, later on in Romans 12, Paul talks about doing all we can to live at peace, live peaceably with all. And I think that, you know, as we're looking around at some of these arguments or just disagreements, I'm not sure if that's really being done. So as you guys have been kind of witnessing these different things go down around you, um, yeah, how does that make you feel? Like, do you have any advice for people in those situations of how they can, uh, you know, wisely and honorably have a disagreement with somebody, but still live peaceably with that person and also honor God in the midst of that.
1: We were just talking about this in our connect group after the service on Sunday and our conversation went to the arena of social media, which I know some people, some of our listeners don't engage with and you have good reasons for not engaging it with it. And that's fine. But for those of us that are on social media, this is a great arena for us to, to really discuss this question and, and look at take a hard look at, at our heart and our behavior on there because so many times we turn to social media when we have a disagreement or to, to share our stance on something political or social, as you said, Sean. And maybe a good question for us to ask ourselves before we post is – Am I am I stirring the pot here with this with this comment or this stance or or the the, the the verbiage I'm using the tone I have whatever or am I am I participating in peacemaking with this post and in this section Paul Paul gives it says you know verse eighteen if possible as far as it depends on you so we've got some qualifiers there but the but the command is live peaceably with all. So it there are some things that are out outside of our control that we can't we can't make peace with everybody because some people are just going to be hostile towards us and hostile to the gospel message and, and and I'm sure we've all experienced that but the question that we can ask ourselves is are we doing something and, and I think social media is a great lens to, to evaluate this, but are we doing things to, to promote peace or are we doing things to stir the pot and to get a reaction out of people? And we, we had a really good conversation with that in our connect group. And it seemed like people were really tracking and everything. Um, but, but I still see in our church, like people who are, who are on online and just not, not doing everything they can to, to be at peace. And, and it's discouraging, you know, it's, it, it, it's frustrating. And, Maybe just asking ourselves that question, whatever it is i'm going to do now, is that going to is that going to be peaceful or is it going to stir the pot
2: mm, absolutely, and I think you know social media and just being online in general, being behind a screen just amplifies it because you say things that you wouldn't normally say if you're in person with someone absolutely, you know? and so it just intensifies people's you know sentiments when they when they post them on there. Um, but I think it's it this is one of those things where you read through the menu and you're like, oh yeah, this this is like I'm pretty good at the then you read this and you're like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to live peaceably with their like as many posts. Right. Um and I think it's one of those things that that is challenging for us. And I think it's always important to remember, you know, if we're posting online, it just as we're doing anything in life, who are we representing? We're representing Jesus. How how is what I'm going to say online going to reflect on him? Because ultimately if if our goal is to make the gospel as, you know, smell as sweet as it possibly can, you know, then are our words seasoned well, that it's going to be uh, attractive for people rather than like, oh, that's very divisive and arrogant. And I think even thinking Paul as an example, he was not always, you know, I mean, there was a lot of stirring up going on, but it was for the right reasons. It wasn't for you know, you know, frivolous political things, you know, going on in the world, it was because he was standing on the truth of the gospel. And that's what, you know, he was dealing with. It wasn't, you know, this other stuff.
1: That, man, that's, that's so well said. And again, you know, back to being spirit led in all of these things, we, I mean, there was never anybody who was maybe more spirit led than Paul, you know? Um, I mean, he, so he, he knew what was fitting in each, in each moment and the spirit really helped him in that. So that that's something that we, we need to be participating in as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think one of the barriers sometimes that people have with, uh, this particular issue, you know, living at peace and holding your tongue and that kind of stuff. But really with a lot of these things is, um, you know, people can build a wall between the way they live and act and what God's will for them is. And a lot of the times, that wall is totally themselves, you know, their pride or self view or like vanity gets in the way of what God's intentions are for them. And I love, um, David, when you spoke a couple weeks ago and just talking about, you know, we have all received God's grace. And in that, none of us should be thinking too high of ourselves or too low of ourselves. And it's through that mindset, like with that humility before God, that the rest of these things kind of make sense and fall in line. You know, it's a lot easier to love someone genuinely when you're not so obsessed with how much love you should be deserving right now or whatever, you know?
1: Yeah. And even if you disagree with them, mm-hmm. because because even in our church, I'm sure that we're all on different sides of, of the aisle, you know, are different. We have different opinions about, should you wear masks? Should you not wear masks? are the Are the stats on COVID-19... Accurate, or is it a conspiracy? COVID nineteen, yeah, we're COVID nineteen. So we're we're all in different places there, and are we are we doing everything we can, both inside the household of God and outside the house of God, hold of God to to love each other and live at peace with each other, even though we disagree about these these matters that that really aren't they're not primary essential matters. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's so true. And, you know, now that we're just kind of processing and thinking through this, I think it's important for anybody listening out there, if you have disagreements, because it's not like you're never going to have those moments, we all do. um, It's okay to have a disagreement, but you're so obligated to do everything within your power to live at peace with everybody, including this person who you're having a disagreement with. Um, So yeah, you know, when those moments happen you should be going to that person and ensuring that they understand that you still love them, that there's still that genuine love. And despite this disagreement, we are still brothers or sisters in Christ, um, whatever that relationship looks like. You know, Dan, you and I are best friends, and there's so many things that we are absolutely on the same wavelength about, but there's other things that we totally disagree on all the time, and that's Okay. You know we frequently have disagreements.
1: Man, the fights—the fights we have. Who
0: oh, do we? <laughs> but our friendship and our and our camaraderie as brothers is untouched by that because there's that understanding that I genuinely love you, and me disagreeing with you doesn't have to be a a point of contention or, or combativeness or whatever it is. But that relationship only works because of that foundation. Of that genuine love that genuine christ-like love that we have for each other and you know for you and i i think that comes a little bit easier because we have so much history we've been friends for so long um, but sometimes especially like you were saying david through the context of a computer screen uh, you're dealing maybe with people you aren't as close with or don't have so much history with so maybe it's not as natural or easy to have disagreements and not feel like you got to get them back kind of thing so like dan what do you have to say about that
1: well, there's a lot of things in this in this text here to, to help us think about how do we respond when we are when people curse us or when people come against us or when when really if, if evil is done to us. And our, our human natural response is to is to take vengeance. Our, our our natural response is if someone if someone says something bad about me, I'm gonna say something bad. Well, I'm going to say something worse back to them. You know, if someone does something bad to me, I'm going to repay that. And it, it starts off here with, um, you know, in verse 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. And then in verse 17, repay no one evil for evil, but take thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And, uh, and then later in verse 19, Paul reminds us that vengeance is belongs to the Lord. So it's not on us to settle the score. It's not on us. So that, that is a great question for us to think about is, man, do we trust God that he's a just God? Do we trust that he is going to make everything right one day? And the, the suffering that we endure at the hands of, of sinful men, it, it's going to be made right. And it's not up to us to, to, you know, to, to, to seek that satisfaction here and now in the moment to get justice for ourselves. So that those are, these are hard things to do, right? When someone, when someone wrongs us, we, we feel that righteous indignation, like bubbling up and we want to do something. But for us to just, to ask God for that humility and that strength to live at peace and to 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 really do what is contrary to our nature and it even says to take thought in verse in verse 17 to give thought so we we really have to ponder how how do I respond how how would I respond if so and so said whatever or if online I'm I'm getting this this uh, negative feedback. How do I? How am I going to respond? We got. We have to think through that stuff because our natural response is to lash out.
0: Man, if only there is some kind of process that involves pondering things or thinking through, through things repeatedly that would help us. Mr. Simon, what do you have to say about the matter?
2: That's that's incredible that you say that because Paul actually told us. How this process works What? way back in verse two, way back. He said, hey, you're going to renew your mind. You're going to be transformed. There's going to be a change that's going to occur. And I think this is one of those things where it's so clear that, you know, it's our natural response to retaliate, because I think that's part of our prideful, <clears throat> sinful nature is that how could—don't you know who I think I am? Well, how <laughs> could you do this to me? Right. You know, and so then kind of the, the right size thinking of ourselves leads us to, to understand um, in a different way those situations. And so as we're being renewed, uh, I think this is one of those things where we read through this menu again, and it's like, okay, this is just one of those things that's not natural for people, but that we can be transformed in this way and that we can get to a place— where we can react in this way, and it might not be the first thought that comes into head. <laughs> right. But I think nothing pays off like restraint of tongue and pen sometimes. And you yes. give it a, give it a moment, and then God puts a new thought in your head. We're like, wait a minute, I can react differently in this situation. Um, and this is something you know, working at City Team, we got a lot of guys who come in with the prison mentality. You know, ninety percent of our clients have been incarcerated at some point. And it's one of the hardest things to undo this type of thinking where it's like, this person's not going to get away with doing this for me, Wow, you know, to me. And so um, it's definitely one of those things that we have to work on in these guys and something that, that I had to work on in in my own life and, and, you know, being renewed in my mind. And I think something that I think of in my own life is, you know, I think we kind of have this idea of, I want them to get what they deserve, you know, and if you really think about it, none of us want what we deserve. (laughs)
1: <laughs> if we got
2: what we deserved, I mean, then, you know, we, we've we received grace. You know, we've received grace, and I think that as our mind is renewed, we understand that. We understand the mercies of God. Again, it always comes back to that, responding to the mercies of God. When we know that, we, we know how much mercy and grace and, and patience that God has had with us, then it helps us to have that with another person. And if we really want true justice, don't we want them to be saved as well, especially if it's a person who's not?
1: Absolutely, and that, that has to be— that, I mean, that goes back to 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 the heart of of the matter that helps us, you know we live from the inside out with these things. I want to ask you a question, David. like so when when those guys that you work with, when they experience that transformation as they renew their mind, and they 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 realize, man, I can live peaceably with these 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 brothers that I'm that I'm in the program with and with the people that are working in the program and stuff, when they experience that, do they do they ever long for the old mentality? Do they do they do they enjoy the peace, or do they wish they could be how they used to be? Absolutely
2: not, because you you can always see that once they kind of move past that and, and get into it, they realize how futile it is to be in that, anyways. You know, and there's like a really cheesy old saying uh, by Mark Twain that says. Uh, anger is like an acid that does more damage to the vessel in which is stored than onto anything on which it is poured. Wow. So basically all this like anger and angst that we have inside of us that we really want to be poured out on somebody else, it's inside us and it's only harming it's, us. And
1: it's eating away at us. Yeah, that.
2: yeah, exactly. And so it's almost like, hey, the benefit's for you. Don't get all, you know, you know, boiled up in all this stuff. It's only going to harm you. And instead, you know, you have this mind shift of how can I bless this person, and then that puts your mind more at ease, where where you're not thinking so much about, you know, something that's that's you know going to get you heated, but it's you know it, it diffuses it and and it softens it and it and it, and it totally shifts you to a different perspective.
1: That's beautiful, wow.
0: powerful, powerful and convicting. But I I think underneath that, and even greater than that. Uh man, just grateful that we are free to do this. Amen. Yeah. Amen.
1: It's a better way. It's a it's a better way for sure.
0: It's a better way. So I think that we um has a lot a of, lot of chunks that we've talked about to be pondering upon and like you said David renewing our minds on some of these things. So yeah, we encourage all you guys listening to just take an inventory of your life at the moment. Especially with the midst, in the midst of coronavirus and as you're seeing posts on social media and dealing with the difficult things in your life, turn to God. Turn to God and through that lens of humility before him, understanding, like David just said, what we truly deserve, we are blessed, we have received grace, and it's through that grace that we're enabled to do all of these things. Um, David and Dan, any lost nuggets you want to leave people
1: with? Yeah, just just on that. I know we're all suffering in some way. And and Gary gave us, you know, he gave us some great truths for us to sink our teeth in when we're suffering. And just that reminder for that that people that reminder that people are watching us. Mm. And and even in this time where where we're socially distant and a lot of us are spending a lot of time indoors, we're still we're still being watched, and the the implications of everything that we're talking about these these marks of of, of what it means to, to to follow Christ they they they're far reaching. Every arena of life is is um, affected by them, and especially in a season like this where we're all experiencing some kind of discomfort or difficulty or suffering or grief or loss, the it's really turned up. And so, just Gary reminded us to be hope focused to focus on the things that are eternal. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. So some great things for us to, to really center ourselves on as we continue to, to really suffer through this weird time.
2: Mr. Sunman. Amen. Uh, that's, that's so good. Um, and I think something that goes along with that is, you know, Gary basically said whether it's with believers or unbelievers we live for the benefit of others flat out we just live for the benefit of others and these are like practical ways that we can do that and so yeah.
1: leave it to Gary for just boiling it down to such a simple thing cuz really that that is that is the at the core of it is yeah giving our lives away for others amazing man good job Gary
0: Gary you rock if you're listening and i think my last nugget i already gave a nugget but I'm going to give another nugget Do it. I think even though this isn't exactly what we're talking about, you know, with this idea of just how we're carrying ourselves and trying to live peaceably with all, a really important part of the Christian life and of being a part of God's family is that we have brothers and sisters who in love will keep us accountable to those things. So I just encourage you to be praying about if you see those things and it's really bothering you. How you can, in a, in a genuinely loving way, reach out to your friend who maybe posted something they shouldn't have or said something they shouldn't have. And not in a judgmental way or a legalistic way, but just saying, hey, I love you and maybe this isn't God's way um, to, to to honor Christ on social media. And the same for us. Man, if you see something from me or Dan or David, call us out. like Let us know because we are all in this together and we are all receiving grace daily. So that's my encouragement. I hope that you uh, hope that you feel encouraged. You feel freed up through these things that Paul has talked about in Romans 12. And we are excited to jump into Romans 13 next week. I Think we're going to call it quits for today, guys. Thanks for listening to Behold, and we will uh, catch you next week. Bye, beholders. Hi Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you'd like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out VBC.online forward slash Behold. Catch you guys next week.